Hello, everybody. Um, from me, my new microphone, if you're watching on YouTube, um, I finally got the new mic. <laughs> and I'm even more excited about the guest I have on today. Um, she's not really a guest. She's a friend. She's been one of my clients, students for a number of years. And in her own right is just an incredible human being. The way that Ashley lives her life is the true definition of embodiment. Like everything that she does, <laughs> um, everything that she is in the world is like literally built into her cells. And the more I get to know Ashley, um, the more enriched my life becomes because of what she can reflect back to me from all of the things that she sees and lives and breathes every day of her life. Um, even the mundane things that you wouldn't think <laughs> are much, Ashley has this way, this magical way of translating the mystery of life into something that's tangible, into something that is, you know, just so beautiful and bringing the, the sacred back into the littlest of things um, is one of Ashley's great talents. <laughs> and so um, this is the second episode I'm recording with Ashley. We spoke last year in season two, and we have both been through such a journey uh, in that time of transformation and just deepening in our embodiment and our processes and systems. And so for that reason too, I'm very excited to have Ashley back on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, me too. We have been um, talking around a few big topics, um, but today we're going to be diving into some really juicy things because Ashley and I, um, we're also on a human design experiment. And so understanding how we work and how we tick has also been part of the journey in the last year. And so again, reason why I'm very excited to speak with you today, Ash, but um. We love to go deep into things. And so we're going to look at um, the energetic of extraction. <laughs> we're going to dive into the matrix. <laughs> nothing small, nothing shallow here. <laughs> uh, and we're also going to be looking at the shit. We're going to be looking at the shit today. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you think I forgot that part? Okay. We're going to be talking about the shit because that's a vital part of living, yeah. Ashley, as you know. Yes. So yes. um, if anyone hasn't listened to the episode I recorded with Ashley in season two, can you just give it like a debrief or sh a short little clip of where you're situated in the world, what you're currently doing, you know, and yeah, why why it is you're here with me today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm in New York state in the United States. Um, I live in a little town called Derby, New York. Um, and my family moved here shortly after uh, the pandemic started and long story short, we started like a homestead in a food forest. Um, and, uh, but prior to that, I'm trained as an art teacher and an artist. And what I'm doing now um, is I'm raising two children, uh, I who are ages um, four and six. And I am currently working as an assistant teacher at a Waldorf school, um, which is like a, an independent school. Um, 
that is really all about teaching kids um, or look or teaching with the idea that um, kids have bodies, souls, and um, mm. you know emotions and minds is mm. really in a nutshell that's that's the deal there. Um, and then, you know, just doing all of that, living life, reflecting, trying to figure out my own way. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. That's my content. That's the context. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because it really, the way you sample from all of your environments and then digest and embody and reflect this back is what your synthesis is the word I want to use mm -hmm. is incredible incredible mm -hmm. and um not for those who are into shallow topics <laughs> mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. we're gonna really go in there and um you know it's all gonna weave together so I feel like a good place to start is this context around the matrix and there was a post I remember you sharing with me that you know influenced this so maybe we can start there and then dive into the definition that you found mm -hmm. so I um I had shared a post in my stories and then with Adriana about, it was actually um, a really popular homesteading, homesteading um, post. And essentially um, it's a, it's a post I've, or a, a group I followed and love really. Um, but I was watching it one day, I was watching a video and it kind of said something along the lines of like, you need to exit the matrix or if you want to exit the matrix was the the key term that like set flags for me because i had actually seen that term in a number of posts from a number of different coaches and healers it wasn't actually just homesteaders it was it's kind mm -hmm. of this thing i'm seeing and at first i was like of course i want to exit the matrix and the more i saw it it just started like making me feel this, this tingles, like, or like this feeling of like, wait, what is that really about? Mm -hmm. And in this particular post of homesteaders, it was all about the skills that they could offer and, um, and that there was nothing like more important during a recession to invest your money in than education and learning skills so that you can exit the matrix. Mm -hmm. And I have been homesteading um, and there was a time in our homesteading experience when I, I really did have this felt sense of like, we have to accumulate skills and resources and like protect ourselves. And like, there was that feeling of like something bad's coming and I mm. need to get ready for it. And, um, and a lot of these posts sometimes feel that way. and. Um, and after doing it and actually learning all the skills, sourdough, like all the fermentation stuff, all the canning, starting the food forest, growing fruit trees. Um, and I mean, there's still a lot more we can learn and I still believe it's all really important. And yet we actually got to a point where we couldn't go any further because there's like debt. And so when I see someone selling and, and it's, and it's okay, like we're working on it, you know, 
But there, what I realized in watching this and having my own experience was that if I really want someone to be free, the first thing I'm going to tell them before I say learn about sourdough, which you can do for free, by the way, um, is to get debt free. That that could be like your first, it, like that's the thing to start with first. And yet no one that I had seen online was saying it in their sales mm. pitch. And it made me wonder like, why aren't these conversations happening? And why does everyone wanna be free from the matrix? Why did I, and what is the matrix? What is the matrix? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, with this whole podcast, like we're probably going to ask more questions than give answers, right? Yeah. Um, and so I love that this one piece is, you know, percolated all of these questions. Um, but one thing I'd love you to clarify or just deepen into before we go into the definition of the matrix is yeah. your experience um, of debt, like, what do you mean by that um, when it comes to homesteading and, and potentially um, how you see that pattern in other areas too? Sure. So, I mean, the first most obvious when I think of debt, obviously, is just money. I mean, and owing money for different things like school loans, credit card debt. Um, but the problem too is that with that debt, it it's it's a roadblock it gets because you do need you do need cash flow to like continue to continue like paying for what you need to pay for like even like your mortgage is debt you know like there's there's a lot of different areas of of financial debt that can make it difficult to actually be like free or sustainable is mm. how i was thinking about Got it, it. Cool. Um, but also there's an emotional debt to that because there's like shame and guilt and mm. fear and it and it makes it difficult to move forward with investments. Like, for example, investing in learning skills mm. um, or whatever you want to invest in your in yourself like right. whatever that is. Right. Um, and so I think there's even that piece that mm. maybe I don't fully understand how, you know, how it all, how it all ties in, but I think it's, it's a heaviness in your body too. So it can affect your health, which homesteading is all about health too. So there's, um, there's, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of like money mindset work or things like that that need that are part of this uh, conversations that can be had. But if it's someone who hasn't done any of that work at all, mm. like it's pretty difficult to just get started. It can be a real block. I'm also, um, thank you for that. But I'm also wondering like, how you see this in the land that you work on in your homestead? Like, is there debt in the land that you have to repay before there's even 
a yield mm. of any sort. That's what I'm thinking as well, because, oh, that's... you know, like my mind is like patterns, patterns, like where can we see this thing playing out, which this will unfold in our conversation very evidently. <laughs> but like, yeah. I was thinking in that way too, like your experience over the last few years of like, I've been watching you and going through the process of like giving back to the land, making the land, the earth really a nutrient before it even produces something. That's thank you so much for bringing that up. That's beautiful because yes. Um, mm. And <laughs> one of the very first things that we realized before we could even grow a thing as, you know, even a seed. Yes. It was soil soul soil mm. and um we had to spend a good deal of time preparing spaces so that it's a space holding endeavor <laughs> and really because it's all about um understanding what you want to create and then creating the space for that first and then building up the soil and the foundation mm. and there's a lot of different ways to do that but even there's a deeper story on our particular piece of land. So that was interesting before I ever even started growing anything, which is that we live in an ash tree. Like there's a, a marsh behind us and there's there's ash trees. And for anyone who knows, there's the, um, I'm going to mess up the name, but there's a, a borer, an emerald I'm going to forget it. It's it's basically decimated. It's an emerald vine board. I'm mixing up all my, it's mixing okay. up my bugs. But anyway, you get the idea. It's so, and it's um decimated all the ash trees. And when I very first stepped foot on this property, but they're a pioneering species. And so there's a bunch of new ones popping up, but it's very wet. So I guess what I'm saying is the land was like seeping and there was just like puddles, like in that transition from winter to spring. And I just had this own, my own personal feeling of like the earth is sobbing. Mm. <laughs> like the land is like tearing mm. and crying and like seeping and sobbing and it was just this own, this feeling I had of it. And so in that idea of debt, it's like this feeling of like, I have to repay, I have to rebuild and mm -hmm. repay in my own way, you know, yeah. for this damage. Yeah. I just, you know, immediately think about the work that I do and the systems that I use and, and how we have to bring ourselves back to the debt that we have been running from in terms of the the wound and uh -huh. having to feel that and and a lot of the the energy of like the dark feminine and the emotions that are there and with the element of earth and the season of winter it's like when you are able to be there and feel that it fills it up and replenishes the debt and it becomes nutrient dense soil for the next thing to come through. Mm -hmm. So it just is so beautiful that we can look at the earth like this mm -hmm. and can make these connections because it's all relationship. Yes. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. You just like brought that out of me. Like that whole like debt is more so much more than, you know. Project and reflect a baby. <laughs> that was amazing. Because of course I felt that. Of course it was there, but it is the deeper, it is yeah. the deeper layer. And yeah. it's this, um, you know, this <laughs> other piece, this uh, piece that's lost. Like I was just reading I actually, it's a book called The Seed Keeper, and I haven't even made it through the book because I have only been able to read the first poem, and I've just been like kind of stuck on this poem. I need, we and, need this book in the show notes. I know. So um, it's going to be an amazing book. I just haven't read it, but the poem <laughs> talks about the pact that humans had with seeds and that it's a pact that has been forgotten. And I think that also coincides with this idea of debt that, you know, the seeds mm. come back every year um, and are available for saving if we agree to be in relationship with the seeds and not and not lose the pact. Um, and and they'll take care of us for life if we take care of them for life and that's the relationship it's the and i'm finding that mm -hmm. in all of my relationships like the older i get and the more i mature like i a younger version of me just is so quick to like be like i'm done with this i don't i don't want to do this anymore this is too uncomfortable this is too hard and yeah. now the more the older I get, I see the value in like staying, you know, with and like working on it. And I think it's this the same this this idea of having a pact with the seeds and the earth. It's like the the staying power of it. So there's just this natural bridge that I'm sensing between um the intention of the seed and the reciprocity of the seed and how we're naturally designed with that. And how it's it's just woven into what the matrix is and so there's no avoiding it so I feel like this is a good point to like segue into the definition of the matrix and um what we're sensing there and and I think that's where it'll flow into extraction as well so maybe we should go with the definition and anything else you want to add to what I just said okay um well I'll start by just reading the definition I found today, which I'll just also preface that with, is totally different than what I thought the matrix was when I first started hearing everybody talking about the matrix. Cool. Um, so the definition that I found of the matrix is um, that it's an environment or material in which something develops, a surrounding medium or structure, and the sentence that they used is their example sentence, which I just always love when I'm looking up definitions, is that it said, free choices become the matrix of human life. And so when we're talking about the seed pact or the, the seed, um, yeah, the seed contract, at some point, someone chose, made a free choice to disregard the comp the contract and start mm -hmm. making different um, different choices, like right to not use the seed, to not honor the earth, 
Yeah. And to not, to not, you know, um, have an honorable harvest. And, and so I guess to me, the matrix is this, I don't know what else to call it other than this free flowing sort of like environment that we create that that can change so it's not I used to think of it as like there's the matrix and then there's the earth and everything happening underneath and in a way it is mm. but they're actually connected you know one creates the other and the matrix as we know it I think you know has to hold whatever the new thing we want to create is just as the you know the matrix that existed the energetic matrix that people who used to have contracts with seeds morphed mm. is sort of how i'm thinking of it because i had a much more negative view of the matrix that you know before um mm. that it was created by bad people making bad choices you know an oversimplification mm -hmm. And I think it's much more complex than that, I guess, yeah. is, is what I'm saying. Um, the definition you gave and, and like the example of like how you would just highlighted to me the importance of doing our personal work and becoming sovereign beings, because mm -hmm. otherwise you're um, subjected and taking in other people's information of how to be, mm -hmm. other contracts to be in, what's correct, you know, based on what others say. And I can see how, like, the matrix gets a bad rap, but my understanding of the matrix is so connected to the archetypal great mother mm -hmm. that everything happening <laughs> is the matrix. Everything is her. So she's simultaneous, it's so dynamic. It's like simultaneously creating and gestating and dying and the shit and like everything all at once. And it um, it brings me back to the biology of women too and our ability to like have this diffuse awareness of like holding multiple things at once and like actual biological mothers who are like, like doing so many things on so many levels and like, to me, when you first brought up the concept of the matrix, you know, in our sideline discussion that led to this episode and this conversation, there was a word that I remember using about like this whole thought of exiting the matrix being so like entitled and like so like <laughs> so just like unaware and not connected to like the feminine truth that everything is the way that it is and it's perfect mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that every every aspect of it is is connected and it is interesting that you know um when we were speaking about it that word entitlement like i think you actually brought it up first yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way. But it is this kind of hand washing. Um, like, nope, not me. I'm not part of that. Like, I'm just 
gonna do this other thing and I understand the intention I think like I think there there are good intentions and I just think this is what happens when like words aren't really fully fleshed out and agreed yeah. upon and understood um because <laughs> you know at as a child I'm gonna in the first episode we discussed this this place called the pond and I told this this yeah. whole story there um and it's a place that I would go with my great aunts and uncles and it's where I really first understood land and and we would camp and there was no tv and so I would do things like pick up I, I promise this will make sense <laughs> I would do things I like you. <laughs> pick up um the bible and I would read you know, what do you do when you're a kid? You open up to page one, you start reading Genesis. And I would read about all this stuff cre being created. And then, you know, I, if it was especially like a rainy day, right? You're inside the camper and I'm reading all this and I'm like, wow, there's this whole story about how all these things got created. And then I would go run and I would go be in the things, right? I would go be at the pond and I would watch the tadpoles and I would think about how our campers were on the land, but then there's this whole other life happening very slowly and also fast. Yeah. And I would just think, oh, we're like living as a kid. It, it's, 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 I guess I'm just illustrating how it's easy to think of the matrix as separate because it feels like all these activities, human activities are happening on top of all of these other natural things happening but really like one thing grew from the other and also grew from the disconnection. Yes. And I think that's the point. I think the point is that it just, it just the matrix, what we think of the matrix or what I think people are talking about is the, um, the disconnection that actually happened from the original matrix. Yeah. The, uh, the earth's the, what you're talking about, the, the great mother, that energetic, like, archetypal um, earth energy matrix and how we suddenly felt like we were separate from it and so the thing that I was we were mentioning in some of our past conversations is when we think of the matrix as something to exit from it then becomes something other than us yeah and so then the conversation turns into it's them versus us um mm. you know or me versus you and so that conversation just feels like a a conversation about um like further separating us from something that we used to be or can still be very connected to to yeah. each other and I can keep going or I can stop if if you have something that no, I'd love for you to keep going. I can feel you want to keep going. So yeah. So there's, and I think it. There was a reflection that I wrote for your, dance your wisdom program, mm -hmm. that I realized that in the other is always me, because, and this I I learned by just reading about, and I, honestly it was like I just pulled it out of the thin air of the internet like an aboriginal um like idea of spirituality that the soul is not just inside the body 
that the soul is outside of the body in everything and that the land owns us not the other way around and I started in my growing in the homesteading thing you know which at first was just all about wanting to have like safe healthy food but in the growing of food and working with plants I started to see the literally like my soul in the plants mm-hmm. and I started to feel um like I could approach the plant as if it was me so instead of what is am I going to get from this plant it was like this is what the plant needs now let me pretend I am that plant whatever that plant needs I also need so it's a totally different kind of plant medicine it's yeah. not about it's not about taking in the medicine. It's about paying attention to what it does. And this can be anything in the, in the yeah. world. Yeah. To, so to be less fragmented, to be, to start seeing. And so you could do this with people, obviously. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and so I think, so to go back to that exiting the matrix, that's why we can't really exit it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and further just the maybe this is more the negative side of it but if you're on a platform (laughs) selling to the people it's just funny because you are the matrix selling to the matrix (sighs) I I don't know does that sound off no sounds very on okay <laughs> sometimes I I think things that I say things that I'm just like oh. like why like I don't want to think that but I don't want to see that like but I'm like you know that's what's happening really yeah. um and so we can just be like embrace the matrix in a way like we don't have to like all the parts of it but it's that shadow work like that that's okay well there's this thing like how do we transform that it's really about the transformation of it yeah and it's always going to be relationship based it's always Mm going to be that's just how it is I I, Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say that and you're right there are good intentions and like there are people who are saying we need to unplug from the matrix and like uh disconnect from like these messaging but like if I think about it in a different way, like it's understanding that the messaging that we're getting is a part of us already just amplified. And it's like, do I want to choose to participate in this or nurture that? And it comes back to that free choice that you were um, speaking about with the intention with the seeds too, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the packs that we make with the seeds and with ourselves really right right um Mm -hmm. and that takes time and no matter how good your intentions are how lovingly it comes from your heart like there are just some things that are always going to ruffle other people's feathers and and bother them because that's where they are on their journey that's where they are in their process and it's not wrong because that's how the matrix works that's how life works it's constantly dynamic and moving through from one thing to the next from like the beautiful fruits down to the shit and the compost and back and around again and Mm -hmm. no matter where you are 
in your journey, like you could be listening to this conversation and being like, what are they talking about? Or like, wow, like this is really connecting with me. And both are true. Both are correct based on your relationship with truth, your relationship with soul, your relationship with your body and the earth. So it always comes back to you and your personal responsibility to become sovereign and whole so that you can understand what is distortion and what is truth. Mm-hmm. You know, so like those, I think about those seeds and I've been thinking about it a lot lately within this, the context of like the seasons and moving from winter into spring energetically and like how there's this, you know, debt that we were talking about before that gets cleared and replenished and then there's presence. And I always think about like the womb, the egg and the sperm. I always think about the three things that make it and like how much nurturing and relationship there has to be to be receptive for reciprocity, for things to come together and create again. And um, I don't know, it's just something that is always happening, but like whether or not you're paying attention to it or have the awareness of it is totally different thing. Mm -hmm. and that's and i think that's just it like like i said i was like yeah exit the matrix Mm -hmm. and it was just because there was some lack of awareness you don't know what you don't know yeah and i it's it's as simple as that and and also so much more complex because then there's also this um I'm trying to think like there's there's this really healing thing that happens I think because I was really feeling so frustrated about this idea of the matrix so stuck so angry and like and so um like yeah like we're trapped here in this thing you know I think I felt that way and I I think other people are feeling that way and so I guess what I'm trying to say is I think there's this really healing thing when you can even look at something like the matrix and see all the parts of yourself in it yeah. it kind of it just changes your relationship to it and I think again we were talking in the in the beginning of the conversation about staying yeah staying power so then so then when you mm-hmm. you know when you start to see these parts of ourselves it gives you some more staying power to like work with it yeah, and it understand just... how you want to participate yeah it reminds me of suffering and i think a lot of the reason people want to leave the matrix is is subconsciously connected to not wanting the suffering to wanting to get mm. away from that way of thinking and being and operating because there is a gross amount of suffering caused by living and being that way and so like how do we not suffer let's create something new and it, it really does touch on the staying point and like I always look you have to you look at it from the individual first you can't change anything unless you look at it at the individual level 
So where are we or you, the listener, not able to stay with that and understand the purpose of suffering? It's not this Mm. thing that we're being punished by. And this is like a lot of the illusion of the narratives that come through the matrix, you know, that, that we need to like cause no harm and have no children and that humans are greedy and capitalism is awful. And like this ties into the extraction piece, you know, but when I think about the matrix from the mother, the suffering is so important. It's what creates the space to get back to truth because it's a sign it's always moving it's not like oh well like I'm embodied and now I'm great with my emotions no they're going to keep cycling through it's like learning and acquiring the tools and understanding how the system or yeah how the system operates and then the wisdom comes from knowing when to apply the tools at the correct time and be able to recognize hey this is where I'm at in my process with my emotions and whatever. And I know it's coming. I know I'm going to have to go through and feel this thing, but I trust and have the faith because I know what comes through the other side. And so we have to understand that like our suffering is integral. I mean, we signed up to be human beings. We live in this dualistic thing. We can't eject that. We can't escape that. Yes. And it's, you know, I know we were joking a lot about like the shit and and (laughs) and of course that that came from you know I was cleaning my chicken coop and and (laughs) we were having that conversation outside of this um you know outside of this conversation but really Mm. that is I guess the composting Mm. is kind of the shit yeah you know that (laughs) suffering is the suffering And, but that is like, I mean, in the closed system of a, you know, of a homestead, that's, I realized, I was like, that's, this is where all of the nutrients comes from. Again, a repay of debt. It's, it's where, it's what feeds the soil and helps to grow the next season's crops. And it's, it's what makes you realize it does it never ends like we can live this life not exactly the same way no year is different but what I've learned just in three years of doing it is like things just happen at the same kind of time and you just get to know like oh soon I'll do the carrots because the daffodils are (laughs) you know are done or like you know, I'm just thinking like today, these are like the signs I saw or, Mm. oh, a week, you know, a week ago, nothing, two weeks ago, nothing was sprouting and now it is. And, and so there's also this like rhythmic, predictable, but not predictable at the same time, because, you know, it's, you know, things die and things shift and change, but there is still a predictability about those seasons. Yeah. Um, And although I will say this, this year, so this goes back to the disconnection and um, I don't totally know where it's going to go, but I spent the most time in the woods that I ever have this winter, like in the woods, like watching the things because of the school I'm teaching at. And so that's been the biggest gift I think of this year because I've never truly 
in in the in the earth like paid attention to nature uh, or not nature excuse me paid attention to like winter and what happens Mm -hmm. in the woods and the plants Mm -hmm. and it was it was the most confronting season to see for the first time really see in the woods because I was like the goldenrod is flat like why aren't we flat it 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 kind of pointed out to me a place again where we actually are doing the opposite of what is being called or what we are being called to do at that time naturally biologically like you know um and also it's where the most destruction happens (laughs) the woods in the winter I mean there are moments that are like beautiful and snow covered but I encountered these, there were these um, two trees that were growing together. And uh, it was really interesting because I couldn't help but like see a family of four because it was two big trees and two little trees. <laughs> and what was so amazing is as they were growing up this winter, these two trees totally fell over this way. So for people who are listening and not watching the video, my hands are together and I'm like having them fall in this opposite direction. But then what happened is as they fell, all of the roots became exposed and they had become entangled. And so the roots were like, um, kind of like this web that created a cave, right? And you could see where some of the roots had ripped. And I couldn't help but think of like just total like divorce or destruction or like a relationship. So again, this goes back to our idea of that connect, that disconnection that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, or like when a thing is broken and then inside of it was this cavern, this womb, mm-hmm. and it was just all wet because then the water came up. And so I guess I'm just sharing this because. It, it happened in winter and that's when in that death cycle, like so much dies in the woods to become something else and new spaces are created and things are ripped apart and it's it seems really brutal and yet it's just a totally necessary piece that we cannot <laughs> ignore. And I guess that's also part of that suffering piece you were talking about totally. too. Totally. Like it just, it's the meaning when you were sharing that beautiful example in nature, it just highlighted to me again, it's the meaning we give the suffering. Mm. It's the meaning we ascribe to it that um, we either can see it as this sacred preparatory, necessary, vital thing if we're going to continue Mm. evolving or we can get locked into it, like the roots, like locked into this battle with what is. And I think that's also why at the core of my teachings, I will always, it'll always be about opening and being with what is, because unless we can do that and observe that, we're not going to be able to flow with the dynamic nature of life that is constantly changing all of the time. We're going to be in wrong relationship with it because we're ascribing a meaning to it that 
just doesn't serve the truth of what is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and actually, if you can't be open to those things, yeah, you just like the way I was feeling about the matrix, like you'd get stuck. It mm -hmm. gets stuck in you. Literally, you, you kind of freeze up, you yeah. know, it, um, and yeah. it feel, and that feeling, you know, if anyone's ever had that feeling in their body, it's just so that stuckness is actually the part that's painful, not feeling the, the actual feeling when the things are flowing and moving, that can be a relief. And mm. it's the stuckness that hurts. It gets stuck in your muscles. Like, or at least this is my experience of it. It's like, it's stuck in your muscles. It hurts in your bones. It, um, yeah. Yeah. That's how it feels. And it also just reminds me of like, if you're not looking at that thing, you can eject the matrix all you like, but that thing's going to follow you yes yeah <laughs> that's gonna follow you because it's like inherent to why you want to leave the matrix so it's just going to keep following you and repeating um but I I feel like this is also the piece to that or potential point in the conversation where we can begin to talk about extraction and control a little mm -hmm. bit because um at least from where I'm sitting uh this point where like we want to eject or skip over the suffering is sort of connected energetically to this don't you think Ashley yeah I do yeah. um and I think it's because would you agree that the opposite of extraction is reciprocity yeah yeah 100 100 percent but like what is true reciprocity that's another question that I think we can explore um yeah. but I think what's maybe we can reverse it that way but yeah true reciprocity to me is not just I give this to take that it's a total right. and it kind of ties into what I was talking about being open to what is there's mm -hmm. like an uh a set like a there's like an active component and structure of being like I'm here I'm staying and I'm opening my heart my mind my body up to what may be available the array of possibilities that are available when two individuals or two entities come mm -hmm. together it could be more variables than that but mm -hmm. like for example these conversations I'm having on the podcast are what I feel like is true reciprocity because there's uh desire and intent to mm -hmm. show up authentically um there is recognition of the other person and respect for the other person <laughs> uh -huh. um and then we can have a set framework but then we don't know what's going to unfold and so for me these conversations feel truly nourishing not only while I'm having them but well beyond Yes, And there's a, a sense of elevation and co-creation with every conversation that I have that builds for me, for you, and hopefully the people listening. Like, I really hope that there's this sense that this is um, also not modeling beautiful, healthy relationships in our humanity, but like reciprocity as well. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And so when we're talking about extraction, mm. like what's, if I can ask you, if you don't mind, like when you hear the word extraction, I mean, I can think about how, what I think of extraction is surely, mm -hmm. but when you think of extraction, like what is it to you? Or maybe even what does it feel like? Because I mean, for me, if I think the words, I think extraction is um, taking, taking more than you need, taking without permission and not giving anything back there's no relationship it's yeah total disconnection that's what I think of it as extraction um I would say it, it feels like it sounds like I don't know yeah. how else to describe it um yeah. it, I think of it on multiple levels you know I think of it in relationship to the earth and how the shadow aspect of the masculine is just taking and penetrating yeah. and taking and taking and taking. And that can yes. be moved down into relationships with people. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about, you know, uh, coaching dynamics and like teaching dynamics and the way we learn. We can just go in, I'm just going to take this and then get out. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to contribute. Right. I'm not going right. to share in the teacher-student dynamic. I'm just going to take and disappear yeah. so that's one another aspect and then intimate relationships where we have where, where that's also got I think a deeper context of like the, the the subconscious programming we've received of what love is as well so there's like a whole other yeah piece to that but I'm just going in to get my needs met right. and that's it and that's it but it all yeah. for me stems around the energetic patterns of masculine and feminine and I do not want to use the word toxic I want to use the word shadow because a lot of what we've been talking about today really is looking at the shadow aspects of things yeah. and I think it's really important too because it's not wrong but it's a pattern that plays out in so many ways and don't be <laughs> disillusioned to think that just because you're a woman or feminine essence that you don't extract because right. we are both made up of these energetic um, things, of masculine and feminine. Sorry, the word just evaded me. Um, okay. And and so where are the places that you just take? Where are the places that you force mm. your way into things to make things happen? And people can feel that without you even, you know, being so obvious about it like you think you're being coy you might not the thing is you don't even know you're doing it sometimes so it's a yeah. pretty it's a pretty confronting pattern energetic pattern to look at mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I you know it's interesting because when I think of it of course my first so I'm curious to see even for me now what's going to come up as the deeper layer because mm. Because I think of it first with land-based practices. I think of it from, I mean, because I've been so much studying our, like our food system, um, you know, I see it there, just how cheaply we, can we grow a thing and not, you know, and it, have it not be totally nutrient 
dense and still give it to people like it's okay and then also not really pay the people and then the just myriad of problems that end up coming from that like you know people committing suicide because they can't you know I mean it it gets you know because yeah. farmers committing suicide right right farmers committing suicide because then they can't even like have a livelihood like it just like I think about it that way and then I'm just wondering like you know on a personal level um, I've already talked about ways that I know I was participating in extraction because I was just thinking of I'm just going to grow this stuff and have it for my family and then we'll be okay yeah you know I mean I can I know there's that but then I know there are like more subtle ways that this comes through you know I was even thinking about in just watching your lives and also reading um mm reading braiding sweetgrass and 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 reading what the honorable harvest is there's there isn't a specific written um code but she kind of tried to distill it in a number of of things and and one of the pieces and i talked about this on our last episode but one of the pieces is even just like introducing yourself to mm -hmm. um to whatever it is you're going to harvest like you know treating the plant as a being and so I was even thinking about your lives and it's subtle but actually this is like if people come into a live on Instagram and they don't introduce themselves and I've <laughs> noticed I've noticed on your lives that you've been asking people you're, you're you know this is polite you should you're coming into my space but really that has to do with extraction too, because, and this is probably why it's important to have these conversations because it's these big things that are noticeable on these larger scales are insidious, really. They happen in these little ways. Yeah. But the thing is, the more used to those little tiny micro extractions, we become like, the easier it is to just scale it up yeah does that make sense yeah it does I and people who don't know it's just like I don't mind if people come in and watch my live streams right sure like, I don't mind but like it's it's like an etiquette it's like a way of being because it, it's like what you said the way you do one thing is the way you do all things mm -hmm. so you know if if you uh want to be in the practice of reciprocity like it's like hello acknowledge recognize thank even if you're not going to be on it like i'm using the example of the live stream if you're not going to be on it for very long like say what you want to say hello goodbye thank you and then leave mm -hmm. and like you know it's it sounds really simple but if you get really honest like how often that's something i had to learn to do sure um and and it's because and part of it is it's it's a new way of people being but you know it's a new technology I mean relatively right yeah. speaking um and so you have to learn how things go but I think it's a it's a good example you know yeah. of of just like a of of a small way that this happens um <laughs> Because even if you're introducing yourself, it's kind of like 
you have to introduce yourself before you can even ask permission or before you can even engage or, you know, and I was even thinking, you know, there's just steps to things. There's just yeah. ways, there's just ways to approach things. Um, um, there's knowing the steps too, and then actually doing them is different. But I think also too, sure. like to go with that example a little deeper, when you do introduce yourself, you become open and are able to fully receive because it's a two-way thing. You can't just go in there and because extracting is one way in. Right. So you're only going to get so far because everything in this dimension that we live in is going both ways. It's never just one way. Right. So if you're able to enter into something and like making the intention, making the introduction, opening yourself up, there's a likelihood of it touching something much deeper in you than if you're just going in there thinking with your mind or what I want to get out of this. Mm. And <laughs> yes. And no, I was just thinking, cause you said you, you were like, this connects to control. And I was like, okay, how, but if you're not open, you're, totally controlling the situation <laughs> yeah just even in that little example and and so of course how does that like expand out larger but yeah by going by going in and just like I'm just gonna sit here and not say anything yeah it's a subtle measure of control uh over the situation because you're afraid of what will happen if you open up you know a hundred percent I mean, it's why yeah. that teaching of how to practice doing that is at the core of my work. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's literally touches everything. And I'm so glad that you're like, how did that, how does it connect? And I'm so glad you connected the dot. Yeah. Because yeah. like it is, they are so connected. Uh-huh. And I, I can, and so again, I think this is, if I look at my own self, in either in my past or even in my current life, like I definitely struggle with control. And it's funny because I also listened to your podcast um, earlier about perfectionism. And I know that those things are all linked, which was a great podcast <laughs> to listen to before talking about, I don't know, extraction. And, <laughs> you know, like it's, it, it's a good jump off, but I do think, you know, back to just struggling with control because with, you know, being in control um, is just a way to try to avoid like the messiness that being open truly mm. is. Yeah. And it ties into the suffering and the shit. Because you can't, you can't stop those no. things happening. Mm -mm. This is, like I say it all the time, it's not about stopping your emotions. It's not about stopping your reactions. It's not about stopping anything. It's like about shifting your relationship to it. And this is also something that um, I wanted to weave into it too, because like we're talking about the shadow of the masculine and the penetration and the extraction, but the other side that most people, you know how I am, Ashley, the other yeah. side yeah. Of, of it is the shadow side of the feminine and the wounded maiden and she's closed down and she's locked and she forces you to go in and get her mm. and she's not open and like sometimes there's a wisdom in in protecting yourself and closing down but like the other aspect of this pattern 
is like the irresponsible immature which is I think a word I'm going to be unpacking on future um podcasts a little bit more especially around the archetypes um but that's the other side of it that I also see it's like the lack of responsibility and making people go in and extract the thing that's inside of you Mm. that you don't want to take responsibility for feeling acknowledging and expressing oh I hadn't even considered that <laughs> your face so, <laughs> you know, sorry so it's I just ha- I just have to wrap my head around that um so you're saying just to make sure I'm understanding mm. so you're saying yeah it's like it's it's like reverse extraction in a way, like I'll give you an example of it if you want. Like when I'm yeah. working with clients, um, we are doing emotional work, but the the context I come through them is like the feminine mysteries and the archetypal patterns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the journey from maiden to mother. And sometimes, you know, because of the nature of the work, like people want to get to the woman, the embodied woman, the archetypal inner mother. They want to get there they're locked down and closed and locked in their pattern and they're expecting me with what I know and what I can see to go in there and get them out and this is the other part of extraction like it does no one service it's no service for me to go in there and get you right right and so this is also like the, the where things get stuck and locked in around the suffering and the winter and the fear and the death and like all of that stuff is usually the the point that needs to be met for the cycle to continue. Because if we're looking about the evolution of the psyche through the archetypes, we're going from maiden into mother. It's a natural evolution that gets interrupted and stops somewhere. Mm, yeah, that so makes sense. Is that making more sense of like the pattern of like, I'm not responsible, I cannot go in there and get yes and so it's relying yeah it's relying on extraction in a different way it's relying on the culture of extraction to be saved yeah this is why it's such a big thing to look at because it's not just the ways you extract but also the ways you expect people to go in and get things and save you yeah yeah the ways you allow yourself to engage with extraction or be extracted yeah, and I, I definitely had to look at that myself um, quite a lot in my intimate relationships of where I was expecting my partners to go in and get me, mm. and and all it is tied more and maybe it's for a separate conversation we have, but it is also tied into the way that we learn to relate and love and express these emotions yeah. too. So it's multi layered but um I think it's a good example for anyone listening to like go oh wow this is the profundity and the depth of these patterns and yeah it's not just vilifying the extraction because it's not about vilifying or being the victim or the hero or whatever because victim consciousness so plays into all of this um into everything that we do but um it's looking at it from it off of that triangle off of that map and going hey I can put my hand up and see where I'm doing both of these things and see the cycle of it and disrupt it so that you can come back to a state of flowing. 
with what is. Yes, that's that's amazing. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I I'm just loving that that like that depth of just it's not even depth. It feels like it's a totally other perspective. It's like multiple. It's like a crystal, like the having the multiple perspectives happening at the same time. Um, and it just, and then of course, knowing that then just like ups your level of responsibility to yourself and other people though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to make somebody else responsible for that because it doesn't even work. They can't even do it. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's a dead end. Well, this is the thing too. Like, no one really like being responsible isn't for everyone. Because once you see these things, you can't unsee them, and then you do have to do something about it. Yes. Um, and that's beautiful, and it's also comes with its own set of problems. <laughs> yes, it's it's like. I think it was Teal Swan that said, like, don't do shadow work if you don't intend on making the changes, because it's true. It will just be so painful, you know, once you see it and you mm -hmm. keep living with it, it's just, a, it's just like cycles of, um, you know, all kinds of like shame and, you know, mm -hmm. awful yeah. emotion, you know, just like hard, you know, just, yeah. So it's like, um, and, and again, so go, going back to the, the shit conversation, like expecting Perfect. someone to extract, <laughs> it literally is like, you have to be willing to, so, cause like the antidote to that, it's like, okay, so then what's the antidote to not expecting someone to extract for you is the willingness to roll up your sleeves and shovel the shovel shit. That shit move it from one place and maybe this is where the masculine support comes in because I was thinking yeah. the other day when I was it's a really simple a really simple depth like but maybe that's what's so beautiful about these really simple examples of tangible physical 3d things because then mm -hmm. we can get deeper um I was thinking about as I was like you know making piles of this you know chicken poo in my uh you know wheelbarrow and then moving it to my compost bin the bin is like without the bin right that's the healthy masculine right without that bin to hold the compost all of that material like breaking down and becoming something different yeah you've got total pollution on your property without the bin to hold it in other animals can get to it um your dog can eat it it gets in the water <laughs> and infects everything that you don't intend it to yep and so you need that bin you need yeah. that container and so maybe and this is what i think in my own process i think i'm starting to really cultivate like mm. where i see more women also in my circles talking about wanting to develop a really strong, healthy inner masculine um, yeah. to contain and support that composting. 
There's definitely, I remember when uh, I first started speaking about it and you were like, yeah, this is something I'm really recognizing and seeing because, Mm -hmm. and also I want to take a step back and say, it's a stage and it's like a step. So, you know, at first you're like, you know, I'm speaking to women specifically because like, this is what I see with my clients I've worked with and the women in my life, myself included, is that it's like, fuck the matrix, fuck the system. I don't want the masculine and the the shadow masculine anywhere. Let's go full hog down the feminine path. Let's just dive right in. And then it becomes chaos, so much suffering, so messy. And like, I have approval for that. Like, that's fine. It's a stage. But at some point when the timing is right because everything's about timing there'll be a moment where the natural healthy masculine needs to be integrated to be like the riverbanks to be like the structure that holds the chicken manure you know um the mind that supports the body it it, it, it just has to start coming in these structures have to reform and I know I, I even think about in winter like all of the structures that had risen up through spring and summer and autumn are collapsing and falling back down to re-nourish and then eventually come through in a small seed and emerge again. Yes. Right? So, like, it comes in a small seed first and that might be a desire to the way you want to move your body in a more structured way or you might want to start meditating or you might want to, it might come up in your relationships and you know, the, the people that you're attracted, like it can come up in a number of ways. Like that's yeah. the mystery, right? So it's no one way, but it right. starts small and yeah. it starts to form. And from my own personal experience of this, having gone through that cycle and starting to bring this healthy masculine, it wasn't intentional, but I could just see it was coming. And, you know, I think I shared this example on a live stream or maybe in a message with you. I can't remember where. I've said it to a few people, but the practice of like moving my body very intensely and strongly was giving like, and it was rowing, like on a rowing machine, mm-hmm. gave me the, like during the experience of rowing, emotions were coming out of my body. Like I was crying mm. and yelling and screaming and like, I was like, where the fuck is this coming from? And I was like, oh no, it's this. It's the the structure and stability of that is allowing all the energy to move and decompose and like make the soil fertile inside of me, like to let the cycle flow. So it was, it's something that will look different for everyone. And hopefully the examples Ashley and I have given allow you to see that, but like in the embodiment world, um, I can, it starts off with, it's like highly sensual and about sensation and emotion, but there also is a structure that has to come in for that to happen. And like every call that I have, every experience that I lead, be it one-to-one or individual, I always honor that structure first, because that's what makes it feel contained and as a sense of trust and ease that the body can open to what's there. And opening doesn't happen without that containment or that structure it just it doesn't yes and you know as you're speaking of course I'm thinking about even teaching children like 
I can't, you know, because that's, that's the world mm-hmm. I'm in. Like, it's that rhythm of the, of, you know, like in Waldorf, they talk about like the, the rhythm of the day. And I'm even thinking of like kids opening to play. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's the same kind of thing, but, but what's kind of interesting is if it's a question, if kids don't learn to open to play, is that where we learn how to be open? Well, it's kind of like chicken and the egg because to play, yeah. you need parameters, you need rules, you right. need structure. Otherwise, they don't know what they're playing. Right. So, you know, like I think that is where we learn to open and imagine and explore and express and and also like the perfection of things going wrong inside of the game Yeah, is also a beautiful experience too because like the structure doesn't just allow for opening it. It shows us where there's possible disconnection and confrontation that happens, maybe more confrontation than disconnection. Um, And that is also really valuable. Yeah, it is. And, and that's actually what in relationships as adults or to go back to, because I know you work primarily with women, but it's the same, Mm -hmm. it's the same idea. It's just like, it's like learning how to deal with the conflict and learning you know what to do with it and yeah so yeah yeah. it's it's a and like and again like even in that example you can see where we're open or we're closed where there's extraction where there's force um and where there's reciprocity like you can see it like there are all these little microcosms of the same thing if you're willing to look if you're yeah. willing to look and and open yourself up to that, um, I know this exploration. It's slow. It runs on its own time, and you know, it's everyone's going to be different with it. But I think it's a really important pattern to look at, yeah, um, big time. And uh, it only by looking at this shit, it only brings more <laughs> nourishment later. <laughs> I feel like it's a good place to like wrap it up wrap wrap the conversation up um yeah because yeah because ultimately in all of that that we just covered to even just to take it back to the beginning or close to the beginning Mm -hmm. which is the matrix is um or it's where it says free choices become the matrix of human life so what kind of matrix do we want to create is ultimately the the way to wrap it up because mm-hmm. if you're open what kind of matrix can be created from being open versus yeah. disconnected and closed yeah totally oh, what a synthesis I love talking to you <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think it kind of wraps up the whole thing in a way you know because that's that goes that yeah it's that's the synthesis it's like it comes down to the the choices we make and how we relate Mm -hmm. to what kind of life we want to create. And so that's where the people who say exit the matrix, I can really just love what they're saying in a way and give them a great big energetic hug. Like, because it's like, um, in there, if, if they can learn to even become open to how they relate to the matrix the way it is now you know yeah. and then make choices from there they can transform it and create 
I guess the, I don't know, the life of their dreams. I don't know, <laughs> you know, just like a better life ultimately, right? A well, heal, like a healing or like a better life for themselves, for yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I think like the word better is, I also think of aligned and the more, oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, the aligned. more choices you begin to make from an aligned place, the, the possibilities of what's available in this matrix begin to really transform because yes. it's all, it's all there. Like, and I think about the mother again of the mate, like the matrix and the mother, it's mm. like, it's all there, darling. It's yours for the taking. Like it's yours to have if you mm-hmm. want it, if you want to choose that and you can go in any direction you want to go in this life and it's going to be perfect. Yeah. But the mother like holds all of those possibilities Yes. And she does and she doesn't make any of them wrong. Mm. I love so, that. Yeah. Um thank you so much for saying yes to being back on the show. I selfishly am just like so stoked about that. Oh um, my gosh. I'm I'm just I'm so happy to have the conversation. Yeah. And to have a real conversation and to not be so, you know, I don't know were like just just a real conversation that people get to listen to if they want to yeah you know not a pre-packaged prepared <laughs> you know just a real conversation it feels really good to have so oh. thank you oh you're so welcome um and thank you for listening I hope you were able to sit back and receive that with you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the fullness and the richness and the complexities that came through in that and the questions more than the answers. Um, it's always uh, important to me that I'm having as close as I possibly can to like real experiences um, on this show and not rehearsed and not prepackaged and not perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, just again, like even tying into this conversation, like showing the choices that we make and sharing the process because this podcast is very much about the process and the relationships and creating a bigger vision one conversation or stepping yes. into a bigger vision one conversation at a time so thank you everyone for participating thank you Ashley and um, see you next time thank you